0: ...from Chihuahua, Mexico, distributed by ProSource in Haley, Idaho. CBS's Diane King-Hall. The FDA says people should throw away any red, yellow, or white onions they have if they don't know when they bought them or where they were grown. The agency also advises washing and sanitizing chopping boards or other surfaces you've used for onions. Listen closely and you'll hear the crackle of good old vinyl. The popularity of new music made the old-fashioned way has exploded during the pandemic. The New York Times says it's led to production log jams at bulky, decades-old pressing machines, and it's wreaking havoc on artists' release plans. S&P futures down nine. This is CBS News. The
1: leading sign of COVID is a fever, so everyone needs an accurate thermometer. Try the Exogen Temporal Scanner and learn more at exogen.com. That's exogen.com.
2: I'm CBS News Business Analyst Jill Schlesinger. Dealing with car repairs can feel like a lose-lose situation. You lose your money and your time. And if you don't have the right coverage, just one repair could bleed you dry. If you call CarShield, you won't be worried about expensive repairs anymore. CarShield administrators handle the paperwork and expensive payments, so you don't have to. It's a win-win. Seriously, CarShield could save you thousands. You get to pick your favorite mechanic to do the work, and CarShield administrators take care of the rest. It's like they're your own personal team of auto repair problem solvers. Plans from CarShield even provide roadside assistance, rental coverage, and trip reimbursement, all at no additional charge. Whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles, CarShield has monthly coverage options to fit your budget. Get coverage today and see why CarShield cars go farther. Visit CarShield.com Jill to save 10%. That's carshield.com slash Jill.
0: A deductible may apply. Gamers are chilling ahead of a new product from Xbox. Microsoft's new Xbox Series X mini fridge could be one of this year's top holiday gifts. The matte black fridge looks like an actual Xbox, but much cheaper at about a hundred bucks. It has room for a 12 pack and snacks and includes a USB port to charge devices. But good luck getting your hands on it. Pre-order sold out within 15 minutes of going online. Microsoft says more will be available at Target stores in December, but eBay already has some listed. If you don't mind paying three or four times the price. Monica Ricks, CBS News. A victory for hearing impaired and non-English speaking movie fans. You can imagine why I've come back to play. Advocates for the deaf have pushed for open captioning for years. Now AMC says it'll offer the tool at 240 theaters in the U.S. Some owners are worried people who aren't impaired will find it all distracting. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News.
1: This is a metaphor for your business's journey. Sometimes it feels like you're going 100 miles an hour, barely keeping up. But to cruise through challenges, you need someone who's right there with you. That's what Dell Technologies Advisors do. They have the Windows PCs and tech advice you need to get past whatever's in front of you and get where you want to go. Call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. A start to a simpler experience with Windows 11 Pro. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID and the flu, and the only way to reliably detect it is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Be sure to seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Do you enjoy sports betting or fantasy sports? If so, know that gambling's not a way to earn your income. BeforeYouBet.org helps keep gambling fun and assesses your risk for problem gambling. Be the fan with a plan this season and take our quiz at BeforeYouBet.org. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the AutoSmarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, Cars, Cars. Cars, fifty-seven Chevy. Cars. That's Auto cars. Smarts Friday cars. afternoons at one zero six on nine seventy W A T H and ninety seven point one FM. Cars. That's a fifty-seven Chevy. Cars. cars, cars,
0: cars. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Megs, Perry, or vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at A M E S C Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now, Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at A-M-E-S-C Project Rise.
1: The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. From the Ohio News Network. Hey, it's Boots. will talk tires, NASCAR, and take plenty of your calls. Join us. That's AutoSmart's Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Join Kevin Dunnigan and Troy Ballin all season long for the Hugh White Honda Football Friday Night Post Game Show. Immediately after the Athens County Game of the Week, join the guys for analysis, information, entertainment, and giveaways throughout the show. Have a question about a game in the area? Driving back from a football game? Call in at 740-592-1055 or toll free at 1-888-592-1055. It's the Hugh White Honda Football Friday Night Post Game Show. Friday nights on 105.5 FM, Power 105. Hello, everyone. It's John Kozak, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is fast for cash. Call me today for an all cash offer on any of your properties and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you want a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. I'm a private real estate investor who can solve your real estate problems fast for cash. Do you want to sell and just be done with it? Okay, great. I buy vacant properties, boarded up houses, free foreclosures and inherited properties. I also buy apartment buildings, rental portfolios, divorce homes. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. I look forward to solving your real estate problems today. Call me today for an all cash offer at 614-470-2000. 614-470-2000.
2: Medicare Open Enrollment is here. Now through December 7th, free help is available for older adults and people with disabilities. Buckeye Hills Regional Council can connect you with a certified Medicare counselor to find the plan that's best for you and check your eligibility for additional Medicare Savings Programs. Visit buckeyehills.org/medicare or call Ohio's Medicare Hotline at 1-800-686-1578. That's 1-800-686-1578. This is was supported in part by a grant from the U.S. Administration for Community Living.
1: Raising kids is expensive. Food, clothes, child care, it adds up quickly. The Child Tax Credit puts money in your pocket now. You could be receiving up to $300 a month for each child. Nearly all families with children are eligible, even if you don't normally file taxes. If you have not been receiving your payments, the application deadline is November 15th. HAPCAP is available to help you apply and answer any questions. Call us at 740-270-3247. That's 740 270 3247. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970
3: and 97.1 FM. W A T H
1: Evans.
3: Look at that glorious sunshine out there. Ah, it's beautiful. 56 degrees presently, headed up to 73. Wait a minute, there's a mention of some thunderstorms, too. Huh. Well, we'll just see what happens. By the way, the high tomorrow, 58. Hey, it's our uh, monthly update with the mayor of the city of Athens, Steve Patterson. Moments Away. Good morning, folks. Welcome. And uh, once again, it's a Thursday, the 21st day of October. And uh,
4: Steve, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I, I'm uh,
3: dealing with a cold, which my audience is aware of, and we're trying to keep... Um, my germs off of you and that sort of thing.
4: <laughs> and, and mine off you? Yeah, well,
3: <laughs> except, um, yeah, well, right, of course. The city, um, golly, you know, we're coming up against a time of year when there's a lot of traditional events. Uh, some are good, some are eh, but um, one of them that I've kind of enjoyed, although I've been in somewhat the minority is the Halloween Street Street Parade. And uh, it, it was... It, m- my wife and I would go and stand on the steps of the uh, First Presbyterian Church and watch, you know, around midnight, all the people enjoying themselves and the costumes and all that sort of thing. And looking at the event in a positive man- manner. Now, over the years, like back when I was on city council, I actually was among groups that would officially wander through the crowds and try to help out. Right. Um, But more recently it's just been observing and smiling and (laughs) enjoying. Now uh, obviously with the COVID thing that's been we've been dealing with now for basically two years. So many things have changed. I can't even remember last year. Was there a Halloween event last year? Well, there was not the Halloween block party last okay. year. Uh,
4: no, that didn't happen. Nor did the um, Ayuba trick-or-treating, the Uptown Business Association, didn't right. have their trick-or-treating. Right. And uh, But there was the neighborhood trick-or-treating, which was great to see. There was also, uh, I believe, a... Parade in place for Honey for the Heart parade because, oh, and, yes, yeah, which was down at West State Street Ball Fields, West right. State Street Park. Uh, and that was wonderful to see. Where you just drove through in your car yeah. and you had different groups and organizations and businesses that were handing out candy using those. You know, those uh, t- those three-foot t- grabber things oh, and yeah. handy candy you know, or having like a... Like
3: what we use to pick up litter. <laughs> I was going to say a litter grabber, but yeah. this was for
4: candy. Sure. Um, or using PVC pipe and kind of shooting candies into someone's...
3: Oh, I did that last year. Yeah.
4: Well, that was the other thing. So the neighborhood trick-or-treating that took place last year, uh, which it did, people got really creative. Some people were tying goodies in a you know a, a tree with low-hanging branches yeah. and kids could come up and grab it and take their own or people with an eight-foot pvc pipe four inches wide you know mm-hmm. <laughs> shooting it down into kids bags that's uh, some what i pe- did it's
3: exactly what i did <laughs> <laughs> You're right
4: and some people were just taking you know like uh the dum dumb lollipops or whatever they're called these days and they would just stick them in the grass in their front yard and kids would come up and, and take what they wanted and continue on. Um, well, Now,
3: let me tell you, in my neighborhood, because I suppose it's relationship to the all the shopping on the East End and everything like that. In The uh, the homes are not super tight together, but they're not no spread apart either. I have typically 400 kids. Oh, yeah. And I count them. I have a little clicker and I count them. And um, it is so much fun. I look forward to it each year. We have purchased our candy, it's a significant investment. Um, And uh, we rarely have anything left over, you know, maybe a half dozen or so. Um, That's all going to happen, right?
4: Oh, that'll happen. Yeah, that's going to happen. That will be on Halloween. Uh, which is this Sunday is on a Sunday, right? It is on a Sunday. And uh, I believe the hours are 530 to 7 p.m. Okay. Um, so, yeah, your neighborhood. I've we typically will take our daughters down to the uh, nearest neighborhood. Uh, we'll probably go down to na- your neighborhood this year. Yeah, sure. And uh, go take them trick or treating. You know, the other thing about, you know, your neighborhood. The neighborhood around East Elementary um, is that the homes are, you know, fairly close together. Right, it's fairly right. level. You know, it's easy to, to go jump from house to house to house. Sure. You know, you get into my neighborhood, <laughs> good luck. I know. It's I know. Uh, <laughs> Although the Oakmont area, uh, which, you know, has a fair number of homes, you know, there's trick-or-treating in Oakmont as well, you know, because, again, kids can... Can uh, easily get from house to house as they're going down Carroll Lane or they're going down Roxbury. Um, topographically, a little bit more challenging, but you know, it's hills. Welcome to southeastern Ohio.
3: Absolutely. So, Halloween on um, I'm right. I'm sorry. Trick or treating on Halloween day itself, and we said uh, six to seven thirty. No, what we what what'd we say five thirty to seven. Five thirty to 530 seven. Five thirty
4: to seven. Okay.
3: I like that. <laughs> I do too. Uh, <laughs> it's sort be... of another return, another little step toward normalcy.
4: Right. The uh, the Uptown Business Association again will not be doing the the
3: the street event. the
4: street right on Court Street. The trick or treating um, this year, and, and as you mentioned, the Halloween block party uh, to where Court Street is shut down uh, is not going to be happening either. We're not shutting the street down. It'll still be open for traffic.
3: Got it. Let's let's move to uh, arts, parks, and recreation for a bit. Um, You know, there's a parking lot there between, um, what would it be, Steak and Shake and the um, um, recreation building. And... Years ago, we were very proud to put up all these solar arrays above it, right? Right. Now there is a new project, right?
4: Possibly. We're we're hoping so. What do you mean, possibly? Well, it was what's, just what's... it was just uh, introduced to council, um, to where the uh, the owner and founder of Third Sun Solar, Jeff Greenfield, came mm-hmm. to. Council and talked through the potential for what's called a power purchase agreement um, or a PPA for short Okay. Um, and it was also the uh, uh, conceptual scheme for what the solar array would look like to add an additional solar array and this wouldn't be just uh, you know something the size of the current solar array this would be a 2.6 megawatt solar array. Um, I'm I'm guessing as to what the uh, how much power the current solar panels um, what they produce. You know that is. Uh, uh,
3: and your guess is. I,
4: you know my guess would be a hundred, maybe 150 kilowatt solar array.
3: Okay, so this. This would be doubling that. Yeah, this would be... At least. Oh, this would
4: be... uh, Yeah, this is going to be... Where is it
3: going to be?
4: 2.6 megawatts. Um, It would be in several locations. Some of it would be on the south-facing roof of the community center. Okay. Uh, Some of it would be where we reduce the size of the dog park and put it kind of uh, up near... The Holiday Inn Express, and then it would expand. Those would be ground mount, what are called ground mount solar panels, Um, and they would, you know, extend south. Some would be uh, canopied solar arrays um, over some of the parking in front of the city pool, so so it wouldn't obstruct the view of the pool entrance itself because you know that was designed uh, Uh with an artistic element to it. And we didn't want to obstruct that, but they could be they could certainly put uh raised solar array canopies again that cars can pull under much like they can right now on the east side of the community center. Um, and then third, the city owns property that is between the bike path, uh Hawking River bike path, slash bike path and the library Um, and so some would go over there those two would be ground mount Um, the other thing that's interesting about this power purchase agreement is that after seven years um, the city would have the option to outright purchase the full solar uh, array and if we did that you know um, it would further reduce our uh, expenditures for energy to the wastewater treatment plant to the community center we have the water and sewer lab that is down in that area uh, we have several assets that use electricity and and mind you the wastewater treatment plant is probably our, our uh, most energy intense system in the city you know followed by the water treatment plant those two alone or make up a huge portion of our electric bills for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and these would be, uh, this solar array would feed behind what's called behind the meter. It would feed right into uh, those city assets. Um, it, it would also feed the, sp- the pool, by the way, during the summer months when the pool is open. Uh, so there you have four um, energy intensive, well, three energy intensive Buildings that we'd be able to offset our energy costs. So wow. again, it just it was it was uh, presented it, to council, and still a long ways to go to get there.
3: You know, I I need to know more about solar, and I should have um, oh um, some people from um, help me. Third son. Yes, come in and talk. That'd be great. Yeah, but um, do solar panels ever? Stop working. I mean, by stop working, I mean, is there a lifespan to a solar panel?
4: There, there is. You know, um, what what I have been told is, you know, the lifespans are 25 to 30 years for okay. the current solar panels. Today's solar panels. I believe the, the life uh, span for the solar panels that are down at the community center right now. Uh, older technology, those were put in place in the, you know, 2000, late 2000 aughts to, I don't know, 2010, whenever those were installed. Yes. Uh, it was 20 years. Uh, but then I've spoken to people who have had solar arrays for for 35 years, mm-hmm. and they're still functioning just fine. So, again, like I said, I'm hearing 25 to 30 years with today's technologies.
3: The fact is, we just haven't been using them long enough to really know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, so that's right. We'll and technology
4: keeps changing. I mean, we all sure. know that. Uh, and with advancements, sometimes it enhances the longevity. Uh, unfortunately, in, in the disposable world in which we live, some things are designed to where their their uh, life expectancy is much shorter. But, right,
3: right. Yeah. Let's change topics a little bit to the census census um sure. the preliminary count um showed what
4: well th- this is quote-unquote the final count okay. um, is that the city from 2010 where our population was was uh 2300 and uh 30, 2, um and since then, we have grown to a, a grand total of of uh, three thousand two thousand three hundred and forty nine. So we have grown by about 17 people during that time. You know, which is, it's interesting. When you look at the census and you Wait look at... Wait a
3: minute. That's, I thought... Uh... <laughs> I can live with the 17 number. What I can't live with is the basic number 2332, 2349. Are we saying 25,000 and then some? We're
4: a city. Oh, we're a city.
3: And to be a city, you must have 25,000. No,
4: no, no. To be a city, you have to have 5,000.
3: 5,000. Yeah.
4: Under Ohio Revised Code, uh, you know, cities are. I'm rec- sorry. Recognized you're, as such. You're
3: absolutely right. Yeah. And then a village is above, um, uh, oh, shucks. I just had that a moment ago in my head. It doesn't matter. Well,
4: 4,999 or less constitutes yes. a village. Okay. I, uh, to, and to-
3: Nelsonville just went through this recount, and they hit the, uh, um, they found, I don't know, three, 400 extra votes, and now they're a city again.
4: <laughs> They, right. They retained, uh, like, they retained Secretary LaRose, you know, certified that, yes, they are a city once again, because they did drop below in the, you know, the, the Census Bureau uh, identified them as being below 5,000. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to, to uh uh, the auditor of Nelsonville Taylor Sappington you yeah. know he marshalled everybody.
3: I've known him a while he's yeah. cool.
4: He is cool. Uh, Taylor and I um, are good friends and he has done a great job. I know it took, it was a team effort you know Scott Frank, the city manager of Nelsonville he rolled up his sleeves and was helping out and getting this going so um, really, they are, the, the
3: whole community stepped up. they did and they uh, did they got it done. And the um, Secretary of State said, yay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then we've
4: got, you know, since we're, we're kind of on the conversation of villages and cities, um, the city of, of uh, Amesville, you know, it also grew. Uh, it was, I believe, uh, 554 um, in the 2010 census, and they have grown. Now they are uh, – I'm sorry. They were – 154, and they have grown to 172, I believe. Um, So meager growth, but for a village that size, it's great to see that their population has grown.
3: Amesville's cool. Yeah, the mayor of Amesville
4: is cool. Uh, Gary Guzman is uh, also a good friend, and he has really done some wonderful things uh, with the city, for the village of Amesville.
3: Sure. Yeah. Well, I still don't understand the numbers, though. Um, you 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 used the numbers in in Athens that in 10, we were twenty three thirty two. I'm missing a digit somewhere.
4: It's <laughs> maybe I'm missing the digit in there somewhere. Dave, my my dyslexia kicking in. That's all right. It, but it, it was twenty three thousand.
3: Oh, there you go. Twenty three thousand eight
4: hundred and thirty two. In
3: 2010.
4: Okay. I may have misspoke on that one.
3: That's all right. And now it is
4: 23,849. Okay. 23,000.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew something. Heaven was forbid
4: wrong. we went down to 2,000. That would, uh, yeah. <laughs> would take it us out scared of Scared the hell out <laughs> of me for a minute. <laughs> We're uh, no longer a city. Oh, no. That's right. We'll just get uh, Secretary Frank LaRose to change
3: that. All right. So. Twenty-three thousand, twenty-three thousand, uh just a minor
4: change. Well, here's the other thing that's worth mentioning, Dave, because after you get your official census count, it it then for subsequent years after that count is announced and certified, then each year after you get an estimated yes. census count. So yes. our 2019 estimated census count was twenty-four thousand. Nine hundred and eighty-four. So, if you if you look at that estimated number versus what our actual is, you know it drops us by, uh, you know, over a thousand people here in the city of Athens under that estimated amount of two thousand nineteen.
3: But you know these numbers are never perfect, and I mean actually dead on perfect because, well, let's take Nelsonville's example. Once they organized and went out to uh, verify that their count had been low, they improved by 400 and some votes. I'm sorry, people, not votes. People. And um, I say it's it's just a measuring stick that... Um, Anyway, we're a city and we're proud to be one. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, and the only other thing with that, Dave, is that, uh, you know, the county, on the other hand, had a decrease in population. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was uh, approximately 2,300, so 2,300 um, drop in population. So, and we're seeing that a lot in throughout Southeast Ohio. A lot of counties are reflecting decreasing populations under the 2020 census count Uh, and then we're seeing parts of the state that are are significantly growing Delaware Uh, Delaware grew by you know approximately 15 percent increase Columbus uh, showed increases you know I was
3: looking at a, a real estate thing the other day where it was showing the most expensive homes in Ohio home sales and Delaware had like eight of out of the top 10. Yeah. 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 And just crazy amounts. But anyway, um, well, let's see here. Let's move on. Um, there's been a project that's been underway for a while as I drive out to, uh, the Albany cafe on Tuesday nights to meet with my friends. Uh, I see, you know, a little bit more has been done, a little bit more has been done. And what I'm getting at is this whole sewer extension thing. And um, it deals with, uh, what's the name of that road? Radford Road? Radford Road. And sort of loops all the way over to... um, 56. 56 and then back in. Yeah. Where What's the status of that? Well, it's... it's is it 90%? Is it oh, 40%? What is it? Oh, I,
4: I really don't know, Dave. Okay. Um, I know it's chugging along. It's um, I believe that there are eight phases, seven or eight phases total for the entire project. So, you know, they're moving through phase one through four, and I believe phase five as well, which, as you just indicated, it's it's hitting... You know, Clearview Drive, uh, it's hitting, you know, off of uh, 50. Mm -hmm. Clearview Drive, Wonder Hills, they're working up in the Wonder Hills area. They're working down by um, Irvin Road. Uh, So you see a lot going on down there on 50. uh, I've not gone extensively up and down 19, County Road 19 or Radford Road, to see how things are moving along down there. But... You know, it's certainly moving.
3: Uh, Is it, it, it? Do you know what the planned completion date was to be? I I do,
4: and I don't want to be misquoted on that. Um, okay. You know, it's,
3: it's well, 2024. Am... 20, 20, 20, okay, so it's a couple of years away. Yeah, yeah, twenty
4: twenty three. I just wonder. So yeah, but it, again, with the phasing, we're we're looking at phase one through five right now. So that that, you know will probably be wrapped up within a year, maybe less. um, And then they'll just keep on going.
3: Let's uh, change our topic to COVID. It's something we hear far too much about, and then others would say not enough. Um, Here in Athens County, as of yesterday, I've got the figures right here, we have had 7,711 cases. When you consider our population, that's 11.8% of our residents. Now, um, 7,216 have recovered. So, 93%, 94% of those that got it are already over it. Um, Our vaccination rate, 48%. Uh, the state of Ohio's vaccination rate, fifty-five percent, A little odd. Um, Deaths—we've been—we've um, had seventy-six uh, Athenian Athens County residents pass. Yeah. Um,
4: so you got, there were only back.
3: seven new cases yesterday. You know what I mean? I, I do. If if we had been like the rest of our state. We would have had 716 more cases than we've had, so I obviously we're doing something better than the average county. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it's still um, concerning. So the mayor's position.
4: Well, I, first the 78 uh, percent, you know, vaccinated. Is that uh, starting their vaccine, or is that completed
3: 48 you know, 48 it was 48 percent have started have started yeah
4: and then there's the completion which I think we're somewhere around 45 percent yeah completing I and mean, that's that's and great then the,
3: the state's vaccination level is 55 percent right and again that's have started
4: right and I've been looking at the uh the Ohio University's dashboard and I don't have the, the numbers right in front of me but you know faculty. Uh, are in the 80% vaxxed level. Um, the on-campus students are at the 70, 75% vaxxed level. The off-campus students are at the you know mid 60% uh, vaxxed level. Um, you know, so that I always ponder over too, Dave, is that wow, you know, and they are part of that equation you know, for those that are vaxxed and those that are not, or those that have started and those who have completed. So I think that's been great. I think the the level of face covering that goes on, uh, you know, is is wonderful. You know, I was just driving back from Cleveland uh, for a meeting yesterday. Yeah. And I stopped at one of the villages um along the way to get gas and I was hungry so I went inside the convenience store and and there was probably I don't know 15 people in there the entire uh the, the entire staff of this convenience store they were all wearing masks nobody <laughs> nobody but me was wearing a mask inside that convenience store no uh, customers i and of the customers uh None of the customers that were there were were masked up. So, anyway, um, I think that here in the city of Athens that that people uh, by and large are doing the right thing and and wearing face coverings when they're going into Kroger or or wherever. Um, uh, there's certainly some places that are challenging who um, uh, will go nameless, but you know we're still the police department is still responding if someone calls in with a face covering complaint the police will go and uh, investigate and address it Um, so my opinion is that you know we're we're doing i think better than a lot of others and i think it's because of the cautions that we've all taken
3: here in the city of athens i know a young lady who is developmentally challenged and she was somewhere and a woman struck her in the face oh. at a store and um, I just think it's uh, awful how some people react overreact, underreact I don't know um, wow. anyway. she's okay But uh, I think the courts are involved a little bit the system, because that should not have happened. No.
4: No, absolutely not.
3: And uh, this person's 29 years of age, but uh, in her mental state, perhaps 14. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Well, it's too bad. Let's, uh, let's talk about some more positive things um okay so years ago the JC's built some fields down on West State Street two fields in particular and then there were other fields added on and pretty soon the JC's didn't even exist anymore I was a proud member of the Athens JC's for many years so were lots of well-known names in this community Jerry Malika and you know we could go on and on and on sure sure so the west state street fields um you got some plans down there right we
4: do um it it uh is legislation going through council should wrap up soon um and when i say wrap up to be finally voted in and through and it is to Expand the parking down at West State Street Ballfields. It's a little tight. It, well, not only is it a little tight. Number one, the parking lot that does exist is really in poor shape. And so it will be completely milled and repaved. But during this process, we will extend it and uh, add an additional 90 some odd parking spaces down there. Um, my daughter started playing uh, softball youth softball this past summer Mm -hmm. and when we were down there watching their games um sandlot baseball was also going on on all the fields that are down there and i was just in awe uh, and not in a good way of how many cars were parking uh, in the grass they were parking everywhere some of them were even parking to where they were had essentially created a dirt road to go back to some of the the fields that are further away. Well, I've used
3: those. Have, have you? Yeah. Have you used that dirt path? Yeah.
4: Uh, well, <laughs> maybe not moving I forward, have been, uh,
3: but uh, I did. So,
4: so we're going to add <clears throat> parking in that area. Uh, to include more parking on the loop. Uh, you're familiar with the loop that goes back there by the pavilion and
3: and. Uh, Another J.C. pavilion.
4: J.C. pavilion, which is a gorgeous pavilion. You know, Dave, when I go down there and I look at that, you know, the trusses um, are, you know, this laminate wood trusses. And they're really impressive, you know. So <laughs> what a great pavilion.
3: Anyway. Tim Larison and other guys, we all worked on that. Okay. Well,
4: thank you all. Um, we
3: need to. I don't. Do J.C. still exist?
4: Uh, Dave, I don't know
3: are they not here but i mean anywhere uh, again i think uh, they need to we'll have
4: back. we'll have scott do some fact checking while we're we're talking about this okay. so so that's one thing that's going to change down there field 1 and field 2 uh, those are the two fields that as you're driving to, you know into the park they're just beyond the concession stand, which would be on your left-hand side. Uh, they're the ones that have the big stanchions for you know being able to play night games down there. So right. they're both lit fields. Lit field. Um, you know we've had some challenges down there. Most notably, there's no there's no overhead protection in the dugouts. There's no you know there's there's no shade. You know the, I watched and my daughters were those are the fields they were playing on. And it was blazing hot. And so parents had a whole bunch of those pop-up canopies and they were putting them over to shelter where the girls were sitting. And uh, and so we're going to add uh, proper... Uh, we're going to put those um, shade sails that are designed for baseball and softball fields over the dugouts. We will also... Um, we will also... Oh, I'm looking. It's uh, the JCS. They're still. They're headquartered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And still okay. has twelve thousand members you know, and four hundred clubs in the United States. So, but it's down where the peak oh, was. Mercy, yes. Peak was uh, looks like three hundred and fifty thousand back in nineteen seventy
3: six. So. So about a third of what it used to be.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so proper dugouts. Um, we will also. You know, get the dug the the seating for the dugouts down there, on a, you know, if you have a, a you know, rainy week and then it clears up and games are going on, those two fields, the dugouts, they're basically sitting in puddles. You know, their, their feet are sitting or you know, in puddles because it's just it, it needs to be redone. So we're going to put uh, proper drainage. We're going to put uh, poor concrete pads in which the The seating for the dugouts will go. We're going to also uh, look at some improvements to where the backstops, um, or the uh, outfield fences rather, are these kind of... uh, Flexible in that they can we can move them to adjust to where they're age-appropriate outfield fences depending on the age group using it. So you know if you're playing 8U, you know 8 and under softball, you know the outfield fence right now. I I don't know how many feet out it is, but you know it it certainly isn't helpful for a child who is playing in the spaces that exist now without having proper depth perception as to where the outfield truly is for playing at that age level, if that makes sense. And then they could be moved <clears throat> for kids that are playing 10 and under. And then it can be moved yet again for 12 and under. Cool. Um, and, you know, they, these would probably be almost like the uh, what you see out there now with advertising banners. They'd be yeah, similar sure. to that, but they would be uh, not with ads on them, but I suppose that could happen. Yeah. Uh, but they would be We'd be able to move them back and forth. So, and we're also uh, planning right now to uh, build a new bathroom, a new restroom facility, rather. And it would be more centrally located to where all the ball fields are. Because right now, the restrooms are clear up by the entrance into the park. Uh, they're old, um, they're, there's a lot of. Changes that would need to be made to those restrooms to even bring them up to where they're able to to uh, manage the volume of people that are up there. Because currently, Sandlot will get those porta johns, portlets, and they'll put them in the parking lot, uh, which makes sense that to put them where they do put them because it's more centrally located. You know, so our plan is to have a probably a prefabbed. Uh, concrete restroom facility that goes in down there has more will have more toilets both in the men's and the women's side Um, and then there will be uh, a family restroom that they put in there too Uh, and I don't know that we're gonna put concessions in there at this point but it's it is uh, adaptable to where we could at a later date move concessions into that but our plan right now is to keep concessions where they currently exist so lots of improvements Dave down there at West State Street ball fields that people will see some of it this year Uh, and certainly uh, completing everything before the seasons start up in in
3: 2022 we're we've really um, the time is flying by and we got lots of topics but I want to finish one more recreational thing soccer yeah but what's, uh, I understand there's some plans there.
4: Well, there's certainly conversations. Um, we, I met with, with uh, three individuals who are part of different um, uh, county, city, soccer groups. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, there are several different groups. There are. Groups that uh, are youth groups, there are uh, soccer teams, there are adult soccer teams, there are w- women's soccer teams, there are men's soccer teams, there are, you know, it, the list goes on and on and on. And, uh, you know, but, the, but
3: we have a squirrels division, too. Is there a squirrels? Yeah. <laughs> then, I, I, as I understand
4: it, there's also a, a groundhogs uh, team yes, that, yes. that currently lives down there. That's um, right. Uh, how, how convenient is that? Um, so the um three individuals um representing different groups came and met with me in the city building, and you know, were wanting to see what could be done can, you know, can there be changes made um, down at the current soccer fields. And the current soccer fields, and Dave, um, I just learned from you that you were one of the people that helped build those soccer fields back in the day, which um, I did not realize. Um, yeah,
3: I my old tractor, which I'm getting back here in about a week, it's been in the shop. Uh, I took that down there. I talked to the Hawking Conservancy District and other parties, and they all gave me permission to start – mowing that and turning it into a soccer field and that's behind uh, what would be Walmart and all that sort of thing um, or the those different stores down there rather and um, oh shucks a guy lives on um, Canterbury Drive or no Coventry whatever he helped me so much and I'm embarrassed that I can't think of his name at the moment but we just cut in fields. Yeah. And um, now, you know, it is the floodplain.
4: It is the floodplain.
3: So, um, you know, the Conservancy District said, you're not going to be ideally happy with this all year round. But for much of the year, it can work. So um, we did it.
4: Well you did and they were uh, extensively used since they were creative created uh, but there are issues down there as you just indicated you know we've yeah. had m- multiple multiple high water events since they have been created and that certainly damages the fields it, it you know creates uh you know depressions and sinkholes and some of the outflows as well that are down there for the water the uh, storm you know, there's been some issues with those um, in that area. So, and you know, the other thing that we, we, you know, that has been mentioned, but it's it would be extremely difficult to do as well. Can you truck in more dirt and just put more dirt and raise it up? And you know, once you start doing things like that, you've got to work with the the again the, the conservancy. You've yeah. got to work with the Corps of Engineers. Uh, it's it's a real real challenge, uh, and then you know again we're still going to have high water events. You know,
3: we've perf seen pipe is more what flooding. What I wanted to do is uh, you know have kind of like a, the opposite of a uh, septic tank system, so the the lines would go toward the river with perf pipe, and uh, just take the water away faster. But anyway. Hello.
4: <laughs> well, like I said, we on on Richland yeah. Avenue, we have seen Coates Run flood, gosh, three times this year so far. Uh, and the year's not over. Yeah. So uh, we're just seeing more and more high water events, and it just keeps impacting that area. So we're looking at some other areas around the city um, that we could possibly have soccer fields placed. You know, the city acquired 13 acres uh, from TS Tech, which is great, Uh, a company that's down on the end of Kenny Drive. And, uh, but it's being used for safety services because that was the agreement with TS Tech. But, you know, we certainly looked, could a portion of this be used for soccer? Um, And, uh, you know, we've looked at other, you know, property that is down at West State Street, park, most notably, you know, between the innovation center and Dalton field um, and uh, baseball field Um, and possibly, you know, working out a mixed use area to where, you know, the driving range can still exist, but maybe put some soccer fields down there as well. Um, So there's, and, and that's an area that Certainly, it's, uh, it's part of it is flood plain, but I, I think the biggest flood that I have experienced here in the city of Athens was a flood where we, we crested at 25 feet um, and, uh, or 24 feet. And, you know, going down to West State Street ball fields, I noticed that water certainly was moving across where all the other ball fields and across Dalton Field, but still a portion of the driving range was not being affected by the water coming from the hawking and migrating across. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, uh, it, it was a great meeting. Um, uh, it was wonderful engaging with the different ho- the different soccer teams uh, or soccer groups um, and trying to find a solution, which is basically, Dave, it's, it's what I find myself doing all the time is yeah. uh, trying to solve problems in the city and having to reach out to you know all kinds of people i was just on stimson avenue today where a property owner business owner was concerned about the driveways to uh, that property Mm -hmm. and uh, you know just again trying to help solve problems come up with solutions being assisted assistive in any way that i can
3: that's um Uh, I realize we only have five minutes left okay Dora Uh, (laughs) being a social animal I like Dora Um, that's where you can in theory go to uh, certain places on Court Street um, sit down have a beverage um, and then move to another location on Court Street with that beverage in hand It's a very social, comfortable thing. I like it. Um, Changing topics completely. Stimson Avenue, you started on it. The uh, Columbia Gas upgrade, um, other upgrades, they're all taking place. Um, And it just seems to me like it's starting to look like it's going to be cool. (laughs) It's yeah. just now starting to look cool.
4: Yeah, because it certainly didn't uh, six months ago. Yeah, <laughs> and
3: uh, I go to the post office daily, um, and and um, uh, I've learned to get around. But once once it's done, it's going to be cool. It,
4: it will be. Uh, <laughs>
3: the um, the fire department they're passing out fired. Um, what do you call it? Smoke um, detectors. What is it? Smoke detectors. That's it. Yeah. And uh, they've got, I don't know, 50 or 100 to give away. And, they do. Um, folks, all you need to do is in the next few days, stop by either of our two stations, knock on the door, and they'll bring one out to you. Right,
4: right. And, yeah, take uh, advantage of that. Yeah, I mean...
3: and and these are... Um, I would say if, if you're a rental owner and you're thinking of putting it in a rental property these are not the right kind no no but if for for your own personal home where you're gonna excuse me you're gonna take care of them you're gonna put new batteries in them once in a while and all of that they're perfect yeah okay let's see here what else do we have let's
4: go back real quick to stimson okay Um, so stimson avenue they have put down the base layer uh on the south side of stimson so this is the last part you know that that uh, had to be dug up and then repaved. So that's gone in. And
3: the base layer on the north portion they're working on now. The, that,
4: well, the, no, the north side was the one that was done. So that's the travel lane that's open to traffic. Oh. Um, the south side um, is the, the base layers down. Uh, then they're gonna do the the mid course and then they do the top course. Okay. And okay. so that's all happening <laughs> basically as we speak. Sidewalks are being poured. You're right, I mean, it's really developing. The other thing that a lot of people have asked, so it's worth mentioning quickly, is uh, what are those open things, those concrete boxes that are on the, the south side of the street? Those are uh, bio cells, Ooh. they are there's going to be um, shrubs and plants growing inside those things, and they they um. As water is sheeting off the sidewalks, they flow through these things, and they it kind of becomes filtered, and then it drops back down into the curb and goes down into the storm drain. So, they're pretty cool, pretty interesting. And there's going to be a lot of them down
3: there. I I can't let this go. Uh, recently, there's been some um, what would you say criticism of you, and I, I first of all I don't like it um second I think you're about as fair a person as there is in town um but why why do you think this has happened recently
4: oh it's politics Dave um you know we've got a general election coming up uh and it's uh you know sensationalizing things um you know
3: does it trouble you uh, well
4: what what bothers me is, you know, as a mayor, to get things done in your community, you know, I have to work with everybody. And so I never, as I'm working with someone or as I'm hiring new people for to the city, to work for the city, I don't look to see whether they're an R or a D or an I or, or what they are. Uh, you know, the thing that really troubles me is my uh, working with our state representative, because uh, in the same conversation, you know, I work, you know, I believe well with our governor. Um, I work, worked well with Congressman Steve Stivers. Um, it, it, it's not, you know, always that we see eye to eye because often we don't, but we still have mutual respect and are mm-hmm. able to get things done. Because if I don't have relationships with our state electeds, In our
1: 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, we have 970 and 97.1 FM.
4: Evans.
1: This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com.
0: I'm Debra Rodriguez. A CDC panel meets today to vote on allowing COVID booster shots for people who got Moderna and Johnson & Johnson vaccines. The FDA gave the green light yesterday. For now, Dr. Anthony Fauci tells CBS Mornings... The
1: vaccines from the original regimen that we got still holding really quite well when it comes to protection against severe disease and hospitalization.
0: Pfizer's just released results of a third-phase trial showing its booster restores immunity to more than 95%. A major nonprofit wants to make the first pill to treat COVID available in developing countries. It's an antiviral called molnupiravir and could be available in the U.S. by the end of this year, but not until the middle of next year in developing countries. So the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is pledging $120 million to prompt several generic drug makers that have agreements with Merck to start producing the medication now, ahead of expected FDA approval. A large clinical trial found molnupiravir could come cut in half the risk of hospitalizations and death from COVID for those who took it soon after infection. Linda Kenyon, CBS News. As enhanced jobless benefits faded away, fewer people signed up for benefits. Bank rates, Mark Hamrick.
1: Seasonally adjusted new claims for unemployment benefits have declined for a third straight week, notching a fresh pandemic era low. Specifically, new claims dropped by 6,000 to 290,000, and that's better than
0: forecast. Punishment's been meted out to a teenager in the Midwest for trying to sell another human being. CBS's Jim Krasula. An
2: unidentified Illinois high school student who posted a racist slave-for-sale ad on Craigslist that pictured one of his black classmates has been sentenced to two years probation and 100 hours of community service. The shocking ad, which included a racial slur, was posted by the student from Naperville Central High School in suburban Chicago two years ago when he was 14 years old.
0: British police have charged a man with murder and terrorism in the death of conservative lawmaker David Amos during a church meeting with constituents last week. The 25-year-old suspect is the son of a former advisor to the prime minister of Somalia. In Spain's Canary Islands... Molten Rock is creeping closer to the town of Tazacorte, where emergency services helped hundreds of people leave their homes. About 75,000 had already been forced to leave since the island's volcano began erupting over a month ago. CBS's Roxana Sabiri is on La Palma. The
2: end of this show could continue for weeks, maybe even months, according to volcanologists. For people who live in the path of this volcano,
0: the end of this eruption can't come soon enough. Dow Down 66, this is CBS News.
1: Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com credit. What has fluffy brioche buns, crunchy pickles, tasty mayo, a crispy fried chicken,